Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And as always, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, this is an episode that I've been actually thinking about for a long time. I've been really, really excited to do it. And today, we're actually not going to have a guest. I'm instead going to talk about what it means to lead yourself and why that's so important. And to do that, I'm just going to kind of lay out for you guys what my rhythm is of how I lead myself every day and do my best to be effective with the things that need to get done, but also allow space for just creativity and time and family and everything else that comes with it. So what we're going to do in just a little bit is I'm going to walk you through just some different rhythms that I have. I think that rhythm is a really important word because it implies a cadence and repetition over and over and over. It also implies that your life has harmony to it, balance, that the idea of rhythm you know, comes from music. Like if you listen to a drummer play that has rhythm, there's accents, there's different things that are going on, but yet everything is one cohesive song. And I think that that's truly how our lives should be. If you're listening to this right now in the busy season, it just happens every year for for business owners where things get so crazy and and this year it's it's no different right we're we're still in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic but the tables have flipped now and for businesses in our industry all across the country they are busier than they've ever been they're bursting at the seams and everyone's just trying to hold on and my hope is that today this breathes life into you and it makes you maybe take a step back and think am i actually being effective in the way that I lead myself. Because when we reach a capacity where everyone's just trying to hold on for dear life, we lose the ability to think critically and make good decisions because everything is emotional, it's immediate, there's no time or pause or thought put into it. And what I found is that If you can start with yourself and just have a healthy rhythm of holding yourself accountable, building rhythms and boundaries into your life that set you up personally for success, that overflows into your team and the rest of your company. So I'm really excited to jump into that today. And I'm going to say for this episode, you you might need to listen to it a couple times. And and the second time, definitely get out a piece of paper because as I talk, it's going to be really helpful to just take down some notes and actually start to build a structure of what this looks like. So with that said, we're going to jump into this now and we'll circle back at the end and I'll give you a parting word to close things out. All right, everybody, super excited to jump into this today. So like I mentioned in the intro, this is going to be all about what it means to lead yourself. And I'll tell you, this this concept is something that is so important and it's really easy to put off. And the reason why is that if you're someone who is you know, running a business, a manager, a lead salesperson, chances are you're called on to do a lot of things and wear a lot of hats. And very often, you personally get left behind. Now, one thing I'll say as I, as I start this out, I have a really hard time with pump-up culture. When you see like memes and things on Facebook that are like, you got this, like you can go out and get it. That stuff just drives me crazy. You know, number one, I think it's super shallow. I think that usually it's not based in any type of fact whatsoever. It's just, I don't know, it's just hollow words that don't mean anything. So that's not the goal for today. The goal for today is to really give you some tangible tools that can help you realize your effectiveness. And by realize, I mean that you can understand and put into use. So the first thing I want to talk about is why we need to lead ourselves. 
And this is really important because you can only lead other people as well as you lead yourself. I think that every one of us has seen a person who has no leadership over themselves. They drive themselves and work themselves to death. They're, everything is urgent. Everything is emotional and they're flying off the rails all the time. That person's not going to be an effective leader for anyone else. People might tolerate it for a little while or they might tolerate it because they make a big paycheck, but, but long term, it's not going to end up well. Instead, you want the leader in your company or your organization to be someone that actually can take care of themselves, that has proper harmony and balance in their lives, and they can actually teach you to do the same thing. And, and if you think about this, like if you have a boss, and chances are everybody listening to this has a boss, even if you own a business, you've got a mentor or an advisor or a husband or a wife or somebody that you look to for advice. Well, if you, if you come to them with a situation and you need their insight, but they're flying all over the place, they're out of control emotionally, they're always stressed out, can they give you good advice? Can they give you wise counsel? No way, it it can't happen. So we've got to be people that lead ourselves. And there's a really good quote I wanna read here by Leonardo da Vinci, you may have heard this, it's just terrific, and he says, it had long since come to my attention that people of accomplishment rarely sat back and let things happen to them. They went out and happened two things. So how do we go out and happen to things? Well, it's got to start with ourselves, that we have to be people that are proactive. This goes back to Stephen Covey in the seven habits of highly effective people. Like step one is be proactive. It's so easy listening to this to think like, Tim, my life is reaction. It's a hundred percent reaction. I get it. And, And there's always things in life that you're going to react to. And in this podcast, like the goal is not to make all that go away. I talked the other day in the Firetime Network about the difference between order versus chaos. I think Alex Judd actually mentioned this too in in the podcast with him a little while ago, that there needs to be a healthy balance of order versus chaos. Order being our structured, focused time and chaos being our unstructured time when things happen that we just can't even plan for. There's a really healthy balance there, but most people in our industry have very little sense of order. I say most people in our country they don't, they don't lead themselves well at all. And, you know, if you have no idea where you're going, like, chances are you're not going to end up in a good spot. So with that said, I'm excited to jump into this. And the first thing that I want you to think about when it comes to leading yourself is we're going to be talking about how to build structure. And, and really, the goal of it is going to be a framework. So, like, this is not intended to micromanage your life into oblivion. But it's intended to give you just a basic model that you can use to calibrate. And while I'm going to go through this model, I'll tell you, first of all, like I don't execute it perfectly. There's plenty of days where I look at it and I'm like, man, like that wasn't a great day. I wasn't I wasn't as effective as I should have been. I didn't get the things done that I needed to. Well, the cool thing is because I have a model, this is a lens for me to actually judge how I spent my time. If there's no model, I mean, you said you have no idea if you're winning or losing. So that's the way that I set this up and I'm really excited to share it with you. What this is gonna focus on is you're gonna be taking away three basic practices today. The first one is going to be a weekly review slash plan. The second one is going to be a daily rhythm. And then the third is going to be a time map. These are really important and we're gonna go through them one by one. 
So the first thing we're going to talk about is the weekly review and plan. This is something for me that when I started it, it absolutely changed my life. And, and I'll tell you right now, I can tell if I'm going to have a good week or a bad week by if I plan things out and review on Sunday night. I'm just telling you, like if I look back at my last year, the weeks that are bad or the weeks that I don't do this. And so I, I try to do it, I mean, almost every single week, unless there's some crazy circumstance that, that pulls me out of it. But this is really important. I like Sunday nights, and the reason why is because I'm out of the whirlwind. You know, you can try to do this Monday morning. It's going to be tough, though. I mean, when, when I wake up on Monday, I'm ready to go. I'm in the zone, and I'm jumping in. It's so hard for me to step back and plan and think more strategically. Sunday nights is great. For me personally, I like to grab a little glass of whiskey, go sit out by my fire pit if it's a nice day outside, or I'll, I'll go inside to a quiet corner of my house after the kids have gone to bed. And generally, I will take an hour to an hour and a half to do this. So, what I use for this is a tool that is called the Full Focus Planner, and it's by a guy named Michael Hyatt. So I've talked about this on the podcast before. This thing costs like 30 bucks a quarter. You can choose to use it or not. The reason that I like it is it gives you a framework for your weekly review and planning, which I found to be really, really effective. And, you know, I look at it as like, well, you know, it costs me 120 bucks a year, and would I pay 120 bucks to be able to focus every single week, like, yeah, no question. So you can decide to do what you want, but this is the framework that I use. It comes straight out of that. So when I'm doing my weekly review, the first thing I'm going to do is I list out my biggest wins and I list three to five major accomplishments from the past week. Well, that means I have to know what I did that week. And it's amazing how you can get to Sunday night and think like, what did I even do? do last week. So what I do is I look back through my calendar, my digital calendar. I'll, I'll look through it and see what did I do every single day. I'll look back through my day planner at, at the different things I tried to do. I'll think about, you know, what did we do as a family that day? And I'll just write down three to five things. And it's just unbelievable how, how cool it is just to look back and celebrate your wins. Like I'm going back a couple of weeks here. And what I'm looking at is a couple of weeks ago, I, I had an amazing week with my family out in central Oregon. Like that was amazing. We went on a five day vacation. It was, it was really good. Uh, my wife and I had a really good conversation just about our relationship, our kids and our future had a really good conversation on an industry project that I'm working on and, and trying to get launched here. I got a couple new customers for Wi-Fi or onboarded. So those are examples of what the wins are that, that I just look back. I'm like, yeah, like those are awesome things that happened in this last week. Step two is you have to take a look at your three goals that you had for the week and how far did you get on them? So part of my rhythm is that every week I have, I have three basic goals where if I do nothing but these three tasks for the week, it's, it's going to be a good week. So what I have to do is I have to actually write those down and say, okay, it's Sunday. This was the goal. What percentage progress did I make? 25%, 50%, 75%, 100%. And that's just helpful to see like, well, at the beginning of the week, I said these things were important. It's the end of the week now. How did I actually do? And this helps you start to become accountable to yourself. What I find is that in some cases, by the end of the week, my priorities have changed and what was important to me at the beginning of the week has now become not important because something else came up. There's other times though where it actually was important and I just didn't do it. But a lot of the time, I'm able to look at this and say, yep, I did that. I carved out time. I made that happen. So after I go through and actually write down and evaluate my progress for these goals I had for the week... Next, I have to journal and say what worked and what didn't. 
So I'll look back at my goals and and just make a, a sentence or two and say, this worked because I carved out intentional time up front and I stuck to it. This goal didn't work because I thought it was important and the deeper I got into the week, I just realized that it wasn't as big of a deal as I thought. This goal right here, I just I just didn't do it the way that I should. I didn't carve out time and so therefore it just didn't happen. Being honest in that self-reflection is super, super valuable. Okay, after that, I asked myself, what will I keep, improve, start, or stop doing? So what I might say, if it's an amazing week, I'll just say, more the same. I was intentional with my time. I stuck to it. I, I put things in the buckets that they needed to be put in. Or or maybe I'll say, you know what? I wasn't as effective because even though I had these three goals for the week, I didn't actually make time for them. So this week, when I make my three goals on Sunday night, I'm going to calendar space for each of them in during the week. So that way, they're not going to sneak up on me. I'll know that at certain times of the week, I have a space carved out for it. So that's, that's really important. And just asking those basic four questions, that'll help you so much, right? So like question number one, what are my biggest wins for the week? Question number two, looking at my three goals I was trying to accomplish, how far did I get? And then question number three, what worked and what didn't? And then question four, what am I going to keep, improve, start, or stop doing? I mean, th- this this takes some time. It, it really does. I mean, th- this it, it might take... 10 minutes to 20 minutes, but it is worth thinking about this, and especially as you start to build traction week after week after week. It's a big deal. Okay, so after that, what I do, that, that's, that's reviewing my past week, and like I said, this will take 10 to 20 minutes, but next is I plan the following week. So when I plan the following week, what I do is I, I first, I look at my digital calendar for the upcoming week, and all of my appointments I physically write down in my day planner and I actually write them down in pen. It drives my wife crazy because things change and I cross them out and it gets really messy, but I like to do it in pen. The reason that I do this is it helps me gauge how full the week is. So I look at the digital calendar and maybe I have a meeting with a client on this day. I have a consulting project at this time. I'm going to go in to help a retailer right here. Well, I write all that down in my day planner so that I can actually look and see how full is this. And that actually starts to make me aware of how much time do I actually have to work. I like it a lot. What what I also like with it is it cements it in my mind. It's a lot harder for me to forget an appointment when I've physically written it down in my day planner. And like every day, I obviously look through my day planner and check it. So it makes it way harder for stuff to sneak up on you. Okay, so after that, what I do is I just make a list of all the things that I need to do for the week. And, and there's gonna be a lot of them. I mean, you know, this list could be anywhere from like five to 20. It just, it kind of just depends on the week. And this is only Sunday night, like stuff's going to come up during the week, but to the best of my ability on Sunday night, you know, I know, okay, these are the 10 things that I really need to do this week. What I do is I take the top three, I turn those into my goal for the week. So, so I write down, okay, these are the three, like if I get nothing done this week, these are the three things I've got to get done. And for those three, I actually carve out calendar space. So, so I'll say, okay, you know what? I've got space on Tuesday morning and I'm going to, I'm going to make a meeting with myself for two hours to work on this. Okay. Thursday afternoon, I've got one hour. I'm going to make a meeting with myself right here to get this done that really increases the likelihood of actually doing this. If you just have a list of tasks, but you don't assign time to it, I mean, it's going to be really hard to get them done. So I do that for the big three. For the rest of my task list that I understand I need to get done or I want to get done, 
that next week, I assign a day to everything. So I don't assign a time because this is, this is again, it's not the top three that are like the super, super, super important. What I do for the rest of this is I should sh- put a day by it and say, okay, these are going to be things I try to get done on Monday. These I'll try to get done on Wednesday. This I'll try to get done on Thursday and then Friday. And I'll just go in my day planner to those days of the week and I'll just write those tasks down. So that way, every single day, I'm able to go into it, look at the day, see what is you know on my calendar and these are the things I need to get done. This is really, really helpful and this takes time. This can take me 30 minutes to an hour just by itself. So like when you add this whole thing up, for me, it's usually 60 to 90 minutes to do this entire thing. But this starts to put your tasks into categories that actually make sense for you. And and I'm telling you, if you can do this, it will change the way that you work. So that is my weekly planning session. And it's going to take you time to, to build this. And that's why I try to make it fun. Like, you know, I have a glass of whiskey, go out by the fire pit. Like, I want to make it fun and, and, and give myself a reward because this is something that is so easy to gloss over. It really is because there's always more urgent things that are going to pull you in. This is actually really tiring. Like, I can't tell you how tired I am after I do this. Like, if it's if it's 830 at night when I start doing this and I'm done by 10, like, I am wiped. It's a lot easier to turn on the TV and just watch Netflix instead of this. But if you can map out your week like this and review your past week, I mean, man, it, it will change you. And you're going to find that you have a superpower all of a sudden that no one else has to get things done the right way. Okay, so that's the weekly plan. We talked We talked a little bit about that. I want to go into my daily rhythm. And I'll, I'll tell you guys a little bit for me. So I've been doing this weekly plan for a, a long time and it has absolutely changed me. One of the things that I found though is that I started to see that while at a weekly level, I was able to map things out well, day to day was really tough for me. Especially if as always happens during the course of the week, things come up that I didn't account for that previous Sunday night. And that always happens. Like there's no way on Sunday night that you're going to be able to figure out everything you need to do for the week. Stuff happens. You know, Donald Miller says that we have to remember that we are the surfer, not the wave. What I realized for me is that I was a bad surfer and that while I might be able to get my big three things done for the week, it was so hard to make micro decisions day by day by day. What is actually most important for me? I mean, I mean, these new things came up, you know, on Sunday, I thought that this was important. What do I do? And especially if you use a day planner, it's so easy to fall into the lie of winning the checkbox game. Like our brains get a dopamine hit when we check something off the list. So if you got a big task list, like the temptation is you start doing the easy stuff. Check, 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 check. The checkbox game doesn't matter. I'm just telling you, like that game doesn't matter. What matters is doing the right things, not the most things. And I had to figure out how do I create a filter day by day by day to understand what is actually best. So what I'm going to take you through now, I call it my daily rhythm. And this is something that I have in front of me. It's on a single piece of paper. And I go through this almost every single day of the week. If I'm going to be focused and doing work in the office, there's no question I'm going through this. And it's really important. And and this comes from a number of influences. At the end of this episode, I'm going to give you some resources that have kind of helped me put this together. But if you can do something like this, it, it will change you. 
So so here here's what it is. There's going to be a few sections to this. I'm going to read you the sections and then we'll, we'll we'll kind of talk in detail about them. The first section is meditation. The second section is the stories I'm living into. The third section is where I want my career to be in five years, in one year, and next quarter. Next up is what can I do today? And then lastly is prayer. So I'm going to walk you through this, okay? So first up is meditation. Like if, if, if you're in the middle of the whirlwind, right? Say it's a Wednesday morning. Yeah, you had a plan on Sunday, but there's a lot of new things that have come up and it's Wednesday morning. How do I know what is best to do? I'm telling you, start with meditation, okay? Find something. So, so for me, I've got a scripture that I've memorized and, and I have written down right here on this piece of paper and, and I just out loud, I just say this to myself. I think on it, I meditate on it and it, it takes me like, 15 seconds to to two minutes, not very long. So for you, maybe it's a scripture, maybe it's a memorable quote, maybe it's an excerpt from a book or a poem, but find something that centers you. And that's where you start, okay? You center yourself on this meditation. The next section is stories that I'm living into. The truth of the matter is that we build our lives on a series of stories. And if you are not self-aware of the stories that you have built your life on, they will own you, period. They will absolutely own you. For me, I've done a lot of thinking about this. And I realized a while back that there were four primary stories that I had built my life on. And what I'll say is that the stories were actually all true, but they weren't helpful to take me to where I want to go. They actually had been helpful in many ways to get me to where I am, but when I look at where I want to go, I got to leave those stories behind and I got to live into new stories. So think about this for you. I don't know what kind of experience you've had in life, but the experiences that you've had have created stories that you believe about yourself. Maybe it comes from your upbringing, your parents, trauma, anything like that, there's going to be these stories that you've built your life on in a lot of ways as a survival mechanism. And you don't need to feel guilt or shame over them. Like in whatever they are, these stories have brought you to where you are now. Great. But they probably aren't going to take you to where you want to go because these stories have happened to you. You have not had the chance to create them yourself. This is really important. And what I will say is that When I think about the stories that I want to live into, these are going to be things that are not totally true of you now, but you want to be true of you in the future. This is like parenting 101. You know, you don't tell your kids like, oh, you actually can't ride a bike very well. Yeah, you know, you really don't sing that good. What do you tell your kids? Like, oh, you're learning to become such an amazing singer. It's amazing that you know how to ride that bike. Great job. Like when you speak that life over your kids, things change. Like our our brains have what's called neuroplasticity. And we actually can change what our brains do and how our bodies function by the stories that we believe. Now, I'll back this up and preface. At the beginning of the episode, I said like I am totally against like the self-help. Like you got this. You're a rock star. You can just go out and crush it today. 
That stuff drives me crazy. I think it's shallow and hollow, and I don't think it works. I think that these stories must be based in reality. But think about yourself as a seed. There are things that are true about yourself right now that will come into fruition later if the seed is watered properly. So think about, like, what are the true God-given things that I have inside of me that I want to see come into fruition? That's what you need to build these stories around. I'll tell you, for me, I've got four stories that, that I say out loud to myself every single day, and they're actually modifications of my old stories. I took my old stories and I said, okay, these things are true, but they're not helpful. But there's bits of truth. So let me, let me take those bits of truth and let me turn it into something else. And I'll tell you, like, one of them that I have is I'm just a punk rock kid playing games. And I can go into all these details of how that helped me. It got me to a certain point, but I'm telling you for a lot of reasons, that story was not helpful in taking me to where I want to go. So what I started thinking about is the idea that I've been perfectly qualified to see things differently than anybody else. Both of those stories, it may not sound like it to you, but both of those stories actually have roots that are exactly the same. But one of the stories is helpful in taking me to where I want to go, and that's the story that I'm going to repeat to myself every single day because it's true and it's aspirational. So I'm speaking for a while on this because it's so important. If you do this exercise of asking what are the stories that I have believed about myself and built my life on and what are the new stories I need to live into, Like this could bring you to tears. This is heavy emotional work, but it is so important. And I'm telling you, when you've got these stories, repeating them every single day to yourself will change who you are, okay? So section one, we've got meditation. Section two, we've talked about the stories that I'm living into. Section three is going to be, where do you want your career to be in five years, in one year, and next quarter. This is super, super important. It's like for me, I've got written out like three sentences on where do I want my career to be in five years? Like, so I talk about Wi-Fi. This is where I want it to be. This is the revenue number I want it to be at. This is how many customers I want to have. These are some of the big things that I want to have done. Okay. Then I go to in one year, where do I want to be? Well, okay. So like five years, I, that's, I got a pretty lofty goal written down, but in one year, it's a little more subdued. Okay. And in one year, This is what I want to have had happened. This is where I want my career to be. This is where I want Wi-Fi to be. These are the steps that we've put into place. Okay. Now we go to next quarter. (laughs) This is when it gets real. Okay. Next quarter, what's going to be true. Okay. So next quarter, we will have done this, done this, done this. We'll have started this and we hope that this has been completed. Okay. That that's a really interesting picture because there's a roadmap. Okay. In five years, this is where I want to be. So if that's going to be true, in one year, well, we need to be here. Now, if we're, we're going to be there in one year, this is what we need to, to have completed next quarter. I read that out loud every single day that I do this. Like, it's really important, and, and, and this will focus you. And it finally brings you to the question, what can I do today? This rhythm of meditation, speaking out loud the stories that you're going to be living into, And then understanding where my business is going to be in five years, in one year, and next quarter, that clarifies things. Because now, when I'm going to fill out my tasks for the day, I can look at all this stuff and say, you know what? I don't need to do that. Or that goes way down on the task list. You know what? This, yeah, I know this is easy to put off, but if we're going to be here next quarter, we have to do this. If in one year, I want to be at this point, 
This has got to be a priority today. This becomes a filter that is powerful. And the last thing that I do after I mark out what can I do today, I pray. I just pray over the list and I, and I ask for guidance and wisdom to be effective in the things I need to be effective in. This daily rhythm will take me anywhere from seven minutes to 20 minutes. It really just depends on the day. Some days I already have almost everything scripted out before I wake up in the morning. Most of the day is not like that, but, but Mondays in particular you know, because Sunday night, you have a pretty good idea of what needs to get done on Mondays. So on Mondays, I'm, I'm almost never adding to my task list. Instead, I'm just reviewing what can I do today? These are the things that I thought about. Is that going to be right? Do I need to move something around? And then I pray over the list. But say for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there's not nearly as much that I've pre-planned out the week before and things have come up during the week. And now this is my filter for understanding what actually needs to get done. And this is really, really powerful. What I do is I, I've got this printed out right here on an, just an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. I fold it up and I just put it in my day planner for whatever my current day is. And before I go to bed at night, I open it up and I just leave it open on my desk. So first thing, when I, when I walk into my office, this is what I see. This is what I go through before I open my computer, before I get into my day planner, before I check my email, I go through this. And once I've opened it up and I'm asking the question, okay, what can I do today? Now we'll open up my planner. Now we'll open up my computer and I'll look and see, okay, these are the things that needed to get done. Uh, can I do that today? Or can I give that to somebody else? What if I move that to Friday instead of today? This is my filter though. And afterwards I've written down on my day planner, the tasks that are important and need to get done. Once I've done that, you know, there's always the urgent versus the important. Do the important things first. Now, obviously, if something is urgent and important, you got to knock that out. But the lie is to knock out the easy stuff first. If you have, if you have like eight things in your task list, the lie is like, oh, if I just call that person, send that email, I'll get that stuff, I'll get that stuff off my plate, and then I'm ready to do the big things. Do not do that. Do the big important things first because that's when you have the most brain capacity for it. Once you start going from task to task to task, your brain is switching and switching and switching. There's a switching cost to your brain. And, and it, it will cripple you to, to do those big, more important tasks later. So just do the big, important stuff first. We'll get back to this episode on leading yourself in just one second. Hey, if you're listening to this right now in the heart of the busy season, there is nothing worse than pulling extra hours and working seven days a week because you've got a giant stack of estimates on your desk. It's taken forever to get those out to customers. Well, if that's your life right now, or if that's the life of your team member, you've got to check out WiFire.com. WiFire is set up as a sales system to do a lot of different things, but for your purposes right now, this is going to change your life when it comes to estimating. So WiFire is set up to give customized estimates to your customers instantly. So what you can do is you open up Wi-Fi, you enter all the criteria for your customer situation, choose the fireplace that'll work for them, customize the options with it, enter their email address, and boom, both them and yourself get a copy of the estimate. Even better is you get sent a spreadsheet of the part numbers that are being used on the order. So it makes it so easy to track and to sell that job. So this is funny. A little while back as we've been building this thing, we were testing it against a real-life salesperson. And so I sent some situations to the salesperson and I said, hey, can you bid these out for me? 
It took six days to get them back. Six days. Now, granted, I wasn't a customer, but this is what normally happens in the busy season. Well, when I went to go plug it into Wi-Fi to compare our numbers against theirs, not only did the numbers check out, but it literally took me 45 seconds. So if you want to get rid of that giant stack of estimates and automate that part of the sales process so that you can focus on connecting with customers and solving their problems, you need to go to wifire.com and sign up today. That's W-H-Y-F-I-R-E.com and sign up today. Okay, so we've talked about the weekly review and plan. We've talked about the daily rhythm. And next, I want to talk about a time map. This is something that is really, really important. And it's funny. So I've been doing this for a little while. And I was actually in the Minneapolis airport with Grant Falco, I don't know, a month ago. And we were just kind of bouncing back and forth, our our productivity process and what we do. And it's hilarious. We both do the exact same thing. He's like, oh, dude, I got to show you this. And And he showed me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's exactly what I do. And it's amazing. So... What I try to do is I I do a time map of what I would like my week to look like. And you're going to be listening to this thinking, are you kidding me, Tim? Like, how much time do you have on your hands? Well, I'll tell you, like, I, I got a full life. I really, really do. And, and I know that you guys do as well. But it's really important to build space to get the things done that need to get done. And a mistake that people make is they get too micro with this. So like sometimes people will, will do a time map and say like, okay, well, every week I need to, you know, do an inventory of the warehouse. And so I'm going to always do that on Fridays at 930. And then I always need to have an installation meeting with my installation manager. And so I'm always going to do that on Thursdays at, at 930. And then I need to go over a sales report. So I do that on Tuesdays at one. And they build that as their template for the week. And while all those things are important, and while they should be in your calendar, I would say that that's actually not your template for the week. That's too micro. So so my suggestion is to zoom way out, super big picture. And I would divide up some really basic time blocks. The first one is what's called projects. Projects are going to be things that are incredibly important and that only you can do. That, that's it. They're really important and only you can do it. I'm sure you, I mean, you can all think about things like that. Like there's, there's, there's going to be projects that you've been trying to get done. You haven't made time for it, or maybe you're in the middle of right now and it's super hard to carve out time. For me personally, what I do with projects is I've got two hours on Monday. I've got two hours on Tuesday. I've got two hours on Wednesday. I don't have any project time on Thursday and I don't have any project time on Friday, okay? So like for me, I've got six hours a week that I've dedicated, like this is my time that's uninterrupted that I'm setting aside for projects. That's really important to me. Another one is lunch. Like I need to eat lunch during the day. And so that is big picture and I schedule when my lunch is gonna be. I have another section for meetings. So I've got certain times of the week carved out that's going to be my blocks of when I will take meetings. The next thing that's really important is to mark out, I call it creative space or, or like fill the tank space. And I would recommend starting with at least two hours, but, but pick one day a week where you're going to take two hours for yourself. So what I do is I, I take all this, right? My projects, lunch, 
creative space, and meetings, right? Those are four things that are all really, really important. And what I do is I've actually created a different calendar on, like I'm looking right now at my, my Google calendars, and I've got my, my regular calendar, and I have, it's called my template calendar. And on my template calendar, I put this stuff. I put a block of my project time on this day, on this day, on this day. A block for meetings on these days. My lunch at, at these times, every single day. And then one day a week, my creative space or my fill the tank space. So what I do is I can turn on and off this template calendar. During the week, if I get a call from somebody who wants to have a meeting with me, well, what I do is I open up my template calendar and I look for the times that I say I'm free for meetings. And that's when I book meetings. So doing that, it will change the way that you work. And, and, and again, this is very, very macro. So like, I'm not saying what meetings I'm going to have. So like, if you need to, to have an installation meeting every single day, just put a block for, you know, every single day during this time that just says meetings, just says meetings. Because the installation meeting, maybe after six months, you're not doing it. Maybe it's going to change to a service meeting, whatever it is. But you've just set aside, hey, this is my mental block for meetings. And that will, that will change the way that you think. It'll, it'll prepare you for going into it. You do the same thing with projects. So for me, like I'm looking at this Monday morning from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., I've got set aside for projects. Now, I don't have listed what projects. On Sunday night, if I'm going to be looking at my big three things for the week, you know, one or two of them are probably going to be projects that only I can do. Well, the cool thing is I can say, okay, well, you know, I've got some time carved out on Mondays and on Tuesdays and on Wednesdays during these times to do projects. I'm, I want to take an hour of that project time and, and use it for this. It's really, really powerful. Same thing for creative space. This starts to allow you to have some amount of control over your schedule. Now, doing this like two hours, three days a week for projects. Okay. So that's like a total of six hours meetings. I mean, like how many hours a week of meetings do you realistically need? I mean, probably not that many. I mean, like I would imagine that if you had a four to six hour section spread out over, over a, you know, two days or three days for meetings, that, that should be enough for most people. And then take two hours, one day a week for yourself to, to fill up the tank. So like, what's that? That's six hours of projects. Let's just say, you know, four hours of meetings so we're up to 10 hours and then two hours for yourself. Okay. So that's like 12 hours. So, I mean, I'd imagine most people work a 40 to a 50 hour work week. So broken down, that's actually not that much time. It's like an hour and a half a day that you're time blocking. Not that much. And, and I don't buy the excuse like, oh, I can't time block an hour and a half of my day. Like, I'm sorry. Like, like you can no one is operating at 100% efficiency. Like anyone that thinks like, I'm too busy, I got too much stuff going on. Well, chances are you're not being effective with your time and, and you're wasting an hour and a half, like whether you like it or not. So you may as well book it for the big things that matter. This is hard. And I'll tell you for me, this has taken me months. Like it, it's realistically taken me like three to four months from when I first started to really, really getting into the rhythm, but it'll change you. And, and you're going to start to see how your life gets less stressful. When you can, when you can bunch your meetings into certain times of the week, it'll change everything. When you can carve out your project time and stick to it, like it, it's unbelievable. And it gives you a way to gauge your effectiveness. So like for me, when I gauge my effectiveness, I actually like, I don't look at how many things did I check off my list. I look at, I said that I would use my project time for this, this, and this on Monday. Did I do that? If I didn't do that, like, 
I wasn't being that effective with my time, most likely. Now, maybe I was. Maybe there was a different project or there's something that was like truly urgent and dire that came up. But like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this gives you a filter and a framework to understand how effective you're being and if you're actually doing the things that are best. Okay, the time map. It's tough. And and, and on my time map, you know, I've, I've got more than this on it, but just those basic few things. If you can start with projects and like, okay, I've got six hours a week, get, give yourself four. If you if you truly think you're that busy, give yourself four. Take, take, you know, two hours, two days a week or take one hour, four days a week. Like you can give that time up. Lunch, schedule yourself lunch meetings. Like if you do this, it it will change the way that you work and it's really, really powerful. Okay. So we've talked about all these things. We've talked about the weekly review. We've talked about the daily ritual and we have talked about the time map. I'm going to give you a couple other pieces for me that I think about that help make me a holistic person that is hopefully, you know, self-aware and healthy. And, and one of the things like when people meet me, I do a lot of things. There's, there's no question about that. I've got a lot of, a lot of irons in the fire. But I don't think I'm that busy. Like I'm, I've actually made it an active goal to quit busyness. Like that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Because I, I think there's a, a difference between having a full, healthy schedule and being busy. I don't want to be busy. I, I want to be, you know, full in a healthy way and, and doing the right things. So a couple other rhythms for me that are really important outside of these is I have a rhythm of scripture and prayer. And my goal is that I carve out 30 minutes five days a week. Now that doesn't always happen, but again, like that's the goal. And I have certain times of the day that I put some of this into my time map, but it helps me know like, well, was I effective this week? Like how many days was I able to do that? Another one is exercise. For me personally, I try to run four days a week. I try to run on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at about 5.30 in the morning. And then on Saturdays and Sundays, when the kids go to sleep for a nap around one o'clock, I try to go for a nice long run. Those rhythms of exercise and of scripture and prayer, for me, it's like fuel. Like it's, I can only pour out what I've been given. And, And those rhythms for me fill me up. That is the fuel that I need. You know, I, I'm, I'm not one of those people that believes like I have a spiritual life, quote unquote. Like I think that all of life is spiritual. I don't, I don't believe in like dichotomizing that stuff. So I look at this as like, this is fuel. I'm fueling my mind. I'm fueling my body. And, and this is what gives me capacity to pour into others. So this is really important to build rhythms for this. Maybe it's you listening to a podcast. Maybe it's you reading a book. Maybe it's you just thinking, whatever it is. But this is important. Another rhythm though is family. Like we all have families. And so for me, on my time map, I've got four hours a week on Fridays that I carve out to be 100% with my kids to give my wife a break. And I fight for that every single week. There's some other family things that we have written in there too. But if I don't map that stuff out, it never happens. I mean, even with mapping it out, there's some weeks that it doesn't happen. So if you don't set it out from the beginning, like it's not going to happen. This is a war. You cannot passively do this stuff. So I look at work and family as me pouring out, right? So during my scripture, prayer, and exercise, I'm taking in. That's my fuel so that I can pour out what I've been given to others through the work that I do and through my time with my family. But but if you're a leader that never takes anything in, never takes time for yourself, 
you're gonna be done. Like you're a dry well. You have nothing to give anybody else. Lastly, I want to talk about rest. There's a couple facets to this that, that I try to think about actively. The first one is my goal is to get seven hours of sleep minimum per night, like bare minimum seven hours. I will, I will try to do anything in my power not to compromise that. And if I, if I stay up too late the night before, I will generally cancel appointments and, and sleep in that next day to get seven hours. Like that's really important. And I'll try to get eight if I can. After that though is for me personally, I try to take a work Sabbath on Sundays. And in the Jewish tradition, Sabbath actually starts when the sun goes down the night before and it goes through sundown on the Sabbath day. And so for me, starting on Saturday night, I will generally put my computer away and not take any work calls going all the way through Sunday when the sun goes down. And, and that works out super well because, you know, when the sun goes down on Sunday, by that point, the kids are in bed. I open up my computer. I turn on my phone, check my messages and everything, and I start planning my week. It's, it's a really good and really healthy rhythm. But doing that, it changes me on Sundays. Like, it helps me focus. Like, I can, I can rest. I can just be with my family. Like, I can play basketball. I can play guitar, work on a project, just, like, think about things, go for a walk. It's one day of the week where I am choosing actively to say, I am not the center of the universe. The world does not need me today when it comes to work and I can rest so that I can be refilled for what is going to come the next week. So that's a lot. And what I would tell you with all of this is that don't feel like you have to do it all at one time. For me, this has been a process that, that you know, from the beginning, it's probably been a two and a half year process to really put this together. But the point is to start with something. And, and as low-hanging fruit, I will tell you the weekly plan and review on Sunday night's game changer. Start there. That flows so easily into the daily rhythm. And then from there, if you're going to do the daily rhythm, like it makes sense to start with some basic time mapping to help you just keep your priorities straight. It's never been more important to, to lead yourself. I mean, we, we see people all over the place that just can't do this and, and they're not effective and, and people don't want to be around them. If you can do these things, it's not magic, but it's a framework you can use that will change your effectiveness to transform yourself and your company. Okay, so you heard it here first. I, I know that that was a lot, but I feel like especially being that like the heart of this season is really about a leader's personal effectiveness. I thought it was very fitting to just kind of lay my cards on the table and share with you guys how I lead myself. And this doesn't make me perfect. Like it'd be a lie to say that every single time block I nail and every single day goes exactly as it should, but that's not the point of life. Like life would be horrible if that was how it was. There'd be no spontaneity. There'd be no magic to it. But what this does is this gives me a filter and a framework to be able to lead myself. And I, I just keep going back to that. Like, if you're a leader, that implies that people are following you. That also implies that you understand where you're going. If, if you're a leader and you don't know where you're going, like, you're just going for a walk and no one else wants to be a part of that team. Andy Stanley says that everybody ends up somewhere 
but only a few people get there on purpose. And that's really, really important. So I hope that this has given you just a tool set that you can put into use right away to start to lead yourself. And, and even over time, like as you start to, to do this, like give yourself four to five months through the rest of the busy season with this. And then the off season, take one of your team members and teach them this framework. You'll be amazed at what they're able to get done and how effective they are. Well, as we round out, I'll tell you this again, that if, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website, patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash it's fire time. And all that money goes towards helping us outsource the administrative costs of this podcast so that we can keep the level of content as high as possible. And we're so thankful for those of you that are contributing monthly and helping to support this. Like, it, our goal is is to to just help you and bless you in every way that we can. So your support means a lot. All right. So I'm going to get out of the way now, and next week we will jump back into a normal episode with a guest, but I was really excited to get to share this with you today. I hope that it helps you make a difference in your company. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website, itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time.